0: Welcome to Studying the Song, a podcast to help musical theater actors figure out what to sing and how to sing it so that you shine in your audition, one-woman show, or leading role. My friends, talent and passion are only the beginning. I believe there is freedom in preparation. I believe that when you put in the work, practice the skills, and do the research, something amazing happens. You become so prepared in your craft that you become unstoppable. In this podcast, I want to give you the tools and skills to create a powerful audition book that showcases your artistry and actually gets you work. I want you to feel totally at home reading the musical score of a show, and I want to help you define your unique artistic voice. Consider me your own personal vocal coach in your earbuds, cheering you on and bringing you the reality checks you need along the way. I'm Corey Yamaoka, and I'm so excited to be walking this journey with you. Let's dive in. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Studying the Song, where we are talking all things auditioning and vocal styling for musical theater. Today, as you can tell from the title, we are talking about how to cut your pop song so that you can show good storytelling and also vocal range. This is going to be an amazing episode. I'm very, very excited to be talking about this with you. Before we get to it, I want to give a quick shout out to one of my listeners who left a review on Apple Podcasts thank you for that. Um, I value your feedback because it helps me know which topics you're most interested in so that I can keep this podcast being totally valuable and applicable to your singing journey. So today's shout out goes to Caltrill, who says this about the podcast. It's a free coaching jam-packed with so much knowledge. She's honest, smart, and authentic. Love it cultural. Thank you for those kind words. You are so generous. Um, I'm glad you've been finding the podcast valuable and I'm going to continue packing as much value as possible into every episode. All right. Now let's get into today's topic. We are going to talk about the specific song forms that are common to pop music and the most common ways to cut your pop song so that you can get all the juicy vocal stuff you want and the storytelling pieces that you want for theater. At first, it can seem like there's like infinite options of how, like what sections you can cut and paste together, and how do you figure out which is the best version for your audition. But once you know the song forms, you'll discover that there's really just a few options to pick from, and the whole process will become very simple and much more painless. My goal for you, I would say by the end of this episode, um, is that you would be able to make your own cut of your song without needing to talk to an accompanist. I want you to be able to figure out your storytelling arc that features range and hits the bigger vocal moments of your song that listeners expect to hear, all without having to pay somebody, you know, $75 or $100 or $125 an hour to help you with it. You'll save loads of coaching hours and money if you're able to do it before you get to your coaching session. And then you can use your time together to just double check the cut, finesse the transitions, make sure it looks clean for the pianist. And then you can actually work on the singing of the song, not just deciding which section. So that's my purpose. I want you to be more empowered to make these decisions on your own. Now, I understand pop songs can be a little confusing because they follow different song forms than traditional musical theater, meaning they don't always fit neatly into that 16 or 32 bar structure that is being asked for on audition notices. Those cut lengths, 16 and 32 bars, I'm going to just give you a little history lesson. They are derived from the song forms of Tin Pan Alley songs. Tin Pan Alley refers to the songwriters and the songs of the 1910s, 20s, and 30s that really established the beginning of all popular songwriting and song publishing in New York. It was called Tin Pan Alley because they were all on the same street in New York City. And when you'd walk down the street, you'd hear all the different song pluggers like playing the piano inside the buildings. And so it was this like cacophonous sound as you walk down the street. So hence Tin Pan Alley. Those songwriters were the songwriters making music for Broadway, And that was the formula of the time where these refrains that fit into 16 bars, or if you did two of them, 32 bars. But over the past 100 years, song forms have evolved. People have come up with new ways of connecting sections, new chord progressions to insert, all of these things. And so even in theater, when you're asked for 16 or 32 bars, you might be looking at your music and you're like, well, this is like, a this is 19 bars or 37 bars. So- It's really become kind of industry standard that 16 bars means about 30 to 45 seconds. 32 bars means about a minute or a minute and a half, okay? So that's what we're gonna be using as our guidelines today. I'm not getting into counting bars or measures or any of that kind of stuff, okay? So let's talk about what do you need to keep in mind first? Okay, before we actually look at what the sections are of every pop song. What are we keeping in mind just for an audition song to be successful? And this would apply to a theater audition, um, sorry, a theater music selection or a pop music selection. So number one, you want to have a storytelling arc within your little 30 seconds, if that's all it is, or minute and a half. You want to have a story that features a beginning, a middle and an end. And that beginning, middle, and end should be a musical little story and also a lyric story. Okay. They both need to make sense together. Doesn't mean you have to start at the beginning of your song to have the beginning of a story. You do want to have like a little short intro that sets the key and the musical energy and the groove. So that would be like the musical storytelling. Then you have whatever first section you decide. It could be a verse or a chorus, chorus or a bridge. And then your lyrics are going to talk about something and hopefully you have some sort of little change or revelation. Musically, you're going to have maybe some different chord progressions between like a verse and a chorus together. And then it's all going to wrap up in what we call a denouement, which is the literary word for the conclusion of the story. That could mean you do like a little repeat of your last note. I mean, of your last line, or maybe you hold out your note for extra long at the end, Or maybe you bring it all down to a little more intimate um, moment at the end, some sort of little bow to wrap it up at the end and make it feel like it's done. Instead of just singing, 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 and then it ends, right? Give us some little conclusion so that we feel like we just finished eating something really lovely and we were able to swallow it down and just enjoy it. Yeah. The goal for you is to take your listener to take your listener on a little emotional journey. With a 16-bar cut, that journey is short, (laughs) very short, and you might just start singing right on a chorus. Your challenge with that is to begin in the energy of the chorus, which we'll talk about later, and still make it go somewhere in that short amount of time. If you have a 32-bar cut, you have a little bit more time to take them on this journey. The second thing that any good audition song is going to feature is range, meaning show a variety of what you can do as a vocalist. Too many people think that showing range means high notes. Okay. Yeah. You want to show some big notes, especially if the show that you're auditioning for has really screaming high belt stuff, right? But range is, is so much more than that. So here's a few examples of what you could be looking for to show range. Moments that are intimate versus moments that are declaring or exclamatory. Yeah, so something a little smaller and then something that's really big and outward, um, which leads me to an inward focus. That's just you experiencing something. And then an outward focus where you're really delivering it to the audience. Something quieter, something louder. Lower notes to high notes. That one everybody pretty much gets. Um, held held out notes, like something that's more legato or has more um, you know whole notes in the melody, versus lines that have quicker notes that need vocal agility. And this would include riffs and runs. And then vocal color range. These vocal colors and like isms of pop music are so vast and varied. Here are a few examples. Showing like a breathy chest voice versus a very focused chest voice tone. A breathy head voice versus a very focused head voice tone. Okay, you've got your full range of your voice, but can you change the timbre or the tone that you're singing with? Um, showing some things like vocal fry or a yodel or a cry, a breath release. When you say you, and you have that at the end, um, distortion in your voice. If you're doing something more aggressive and high, um, growls, slides, straight tone versus vibrato. Those are all different vocal colors that you can showcase in your pop song. In theater, it's all about having that totally lined up, clear forward placement throughout, right? And then maybe have a few little, like, slides or portamento or things like that that's appropriate to the time period. But for pop music, it's really like a splash of different colors within a song. Okay, so that's number two show range in an audition cut. Number three for your pop audition cut, this is like your guiding beacon. You must sing the moments that the listener expects to hear. You cannot bring, and I know you wouldn't do this, but you can't bring in a song and just sing me two verses next to each other and never give me the chorus. Like We want to hear the chorus. That's the part that we remember. That's the part we actually know the words to that we're singing along to when it comes on the radio or Pandora or whatever you're listening to these days. So deliver the moment that the listener expects to hear. The most recognizable part is the chorus or the hook, and those parts usually have the title in them, so that is also important. Additionally, here are some other ideas. Sometimes later in the song, you'll have a chorus that has more variation of notes. Use that chorus rather than an earlier chorus, like choose the chorus that has a little bit more vocal flash, Um, You may also later in the song have a verse that has more um, alternate notes and is maybe a little bit more riffy. Maybe try to use that verse so that um, you get a little bit more variety of vocal color. Another thing that listeners might expect is if there is a key change that's really iconic within your song. Pop songs don't often feature key changes, but when they do, they are memorable and they're big and they give you all the goosebumps and like, that can be really powerful to use. If you've got like a 32 bar cut, you can set it up in the first key and then do the transition that leads into the key change and bam, that's the chorus. Oh, that could be so, so good. Just make sure that you're double checking all of it with an accompanist so that the key change, um, all of the stuff that needs to happen in the piano part is happening to set you up correctly. Okay. Okay. So those are our three guiding ideas to be thinking of as you start making choices about your cut. You want to have a storytelling arc in the music and the lyrics. You want to show range and then feature the moments that the listener expects. So now let's get to it. How do we cut our songs? In order to begin cutting, the number one thing you have to do is identify the sections of your song. You must map out your song from beginning to end so that you know the journey that you're going on. The most common sections, which I'm sure you have heard of, are verse, chorus, bridge, and pre-chorus. Each of those sections has a different function within the music and the lyrics. They do something different to move your story, and they will show um, range in different ways. Okay, I will also talk about having an intro and an outro after we discuss all these sections, every song is just a combination of these sections in a different order. When you have them in a specific order, it's called the songs form. So if I say form, that's what I mean. There are certain standard song forms that you'll start to recognize. Once you start analyzing your songs, you will be like, this is the same thing as that other song I did. That's cool. Those are formulas. That's why those songs are commercial hits because they're following these formulas. But certain songwriters challenge those formulas and they create variations. And, you know, this is what makes music exciting is that you listen to something and it's not exactly the same as everything else. So the songs that have maybe something more unique might provide a challenge for you, but they're not impossible to cut. Okay. If you have problems, take them to your vocal coach or send me an email and I will help you with it. As we talk about each of the sections, I'm going to tell you the function of the section musically and lyrically and then I'm gonna tell you how you might use them within your cut. So if you're gonna do a short cut, how would you use it? A longer cut, how would you use it? And then today I'm actually gonna sing through some song examples and show you it working in an actual song. Um, I'm not gonna be playing music. It's just me singing through it kind of quickly to give you an idea. And I tried to pick a variety of songs and hopefully ones that you are familiar with. So The first section, the verse, the lyrical function of the verse is to tell us the action of the story. The lyrics of the verse contain the plot of the song. They set the scene by telling us things like the location, the time of day, the age of the character or the situation that you're in. Okay. And then they continue the action with each subsequent verse. So this is going to be important as you're doing your storytelling arc. You might need a verse at the beginning to set, you know, to set the scene for your piece. Musically, the chord progressions in the verses are the same for every verse. So if you want to choose a verse at the end, lyrically, it's, you can just paste that over the verse at the beginning of the song musically. So that comes into play really when you're actually like cutting and pasting your music together, you don't have to cut the, you know, the, the, um, what do you call them? The measures from the end of the piece. You can just write in the end lyrics over the first parts if you want. Okay. Again, double check with your accompanist, but that usually works for your storytelling verses are going to be usually at the beginning of your cut. Okay. For a 16 bar cut, that's tough to use a verse. 16 bars is basically starting on the chorus. But if you're aiming for a 32 bar cut, you could use the verse going into a chorus. Or if a verse is feeling like a little too long, you could use a half of a verse into the chorus and that would tighten up your length, okay? So let's look at an an example. Okay, the first example is Eye of the Tiger. Because I love this this song, And what's cool about Eye of the Tiger is that it only has verse and chorus. It doesn't have any of the other sections of a song, which is kind of neat that it's this very iconic popular piece, but it still is very simple. So it starts off, the verse says, rising up back on the street, did my time, took my chances. Went the distance, now I'm back on my feet, just a man at his will to survive. Okay, that's verse one. And then we get another verse. So many times it happens too fast. You change your passion for glory. Don't lose a grip on the dreams of the past. You must fight just to keep them alive. So we've totally set the scene. You are, you're on the street. You did your time. You took chances. You went the distance. I'm like, oh my gosh, this person has been through something. Now you're on your feet. You're a man and you just have the will to survive. So you are fighting for something, okay? Next part of the verse, or the next, like, second verse, so many times it happens too fast. Oh, that's interesting. You change your passion for glory. Don't lose your grip on the dreams of the past. You must fight for them. Oh, man, this person is really going through it. The chorus now is going to take us into some new level. Okay, so verse sets the scene. Now let's talk about chorus. The chorus is the outcome of the verse. It takes us to the new emotional place. It takes what was said in the verse and encapsulates it in like some little, maybe a two-line or a four-line stanza, and it ends up being sort of like the theme, yeah? And often it has the title. So lyrically, the chorus is usually identical each time that it's sung, but what happens is as you get new information in each verse the chorus starts to have new meaning to the listener, all right? That's what's so cool about the chorus. You can say the exact same thing, but have new levels of connection because of the um, the plot that has moved along in the verse. Musically, the chord progression is different from the verse, Right, you feel a sense of release when the chorus arrives. There's tension that has built up, and then the melody starts to go higher and soars during the chorus. All of those, it sort of everything goes upward. It is rare to have a chorus where the melody goes lower than the verse. So, if you have a song like that, be careful. Because it might not work best in an audition situation where your chorus actually has energy that moves downward. All right. So watch out for that. All right. Eye of the tiger. The verse goes, it's the eye of the tiger. It's the thrill of the fight rising up to the challenge of a rival. And the last known survivor stalks his prey in the night and he's watching us all with the eye. Of the tiger. That's the title. Yeah, the title began the chorus. It's The Eye of the Tiger and it ends the chorus. The Eye of the Tiger. It's so good. It's such good songwriting. So now the theme of this song is The Eye of the Tiger. It's the thrill. So life is about being the predator going after your prey. It's about chasing the prize. It's about keeping your eye on the prize. Yeah. That's what this whole song is about. And if you, I mean, many of us know this song because it was the theme song for one of the Rocky movies about the boxer. So it's all about him trying to ascend through the boxing world and become the champion, right? I don't know if he was heavyweight, whatever he was, he wanted to become the champion. So this song is about fighting your way to the top. And that's what the chorus encapsulates for us. Following the chorus, you get another verse, then you get a chorus, then you get a verse, and then you get a chorus. And at the end of the chorus, there's sort of like a repeat of the last line. The eye of the tiger, bah, 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 the eye of the tiger. Bah, bah. And it does that four times. So that's your little outro. There's no bridge. There's no pre-chorus. It's all just about the action and that really killer theme. All right? All right. Very simple. So you might have a song that only has two sections. Don't worry. You're not doing something wrong. Okay. If you were to sing this song, you'd only have one option. You would sing. Well, okay. You'd have two options, a shortcut, a 16 bar cut would be chorus. And maybe you add a little tag at the end where you just repeat eye of the tiger one time. And that creates a little ending. Okay. The other option is you sing a verse and a chorus. And you can really sing any verse and any chorus that you choose because he never does vocal variations. He never changes anything about them. It's all delivered the same. Now you may style it and pick something that goes a little bit more show-offy, but I mean, if you're a guy singing the song, it's pretty show-offy already if you can sing the notes just that he has written. It's high, okay? Okay. So yeah, you could do a chorus or a verse into a chorus. That's it. All right, next section, the bridge. So there's always a lot of confusion about bridges. What are they? How do they function? What? Where do they happen in the song? All of that kind of stuff. So lyrically, the bridge offers a new point of view on the story. It looks at things from a different angle or it offers a new insight. So you've been telling your story in the verse and then the chorus comes and you're like, this is my theme, this is what we're talking about. And then you get to a bridge and you're like, but maybe this other thing might be the real way to look at it. Or let me tell you another layer of the story that you had no idea about happened. So that's your bridge, a new point of view. Lyrically, we haven't heard these words yet. It's completely new. The bridge can be, As simple as two lines, or it could be a full stanza of lyrics that really develops this new point of view. Okay. Musically, this is important. The melody and the chord progression for this section are completely new. Musically, it goes somewhere that sometimes it goes to a completely different key. Or if you're in a major key, the, um, the bridge might go to the relative minor and then vice versa. If you're singing in a minor key, the bridge might take you to the relative major. And so you really get a change of color between that darker and that lighter feeling emotionally. I also like to think of it like if you're in a house and we've been hanging out in the kitchen and the living room, the bridge is like, oh, we're out in the garden. We're in a totally new place. It's a new sound, new topic. Usually the bridge will build you back into the chorus. And then when we get to that chorus, it's like, oh man, even more new context for those chorus lyrics. Now we've got not just more elements of the story, but a new perspective, a new angle of how we're even viewing our story. So that final chorus after a bridge can be like the juiciest one with the most vocal riffs and variation. And that's the one that you want to feature in um, in your audition cut. Starting on the bridges is definitely... A really good place to begin as an option, um, but you can also work your way into a bridge if you have a little bit more time. So let's look at a song now that introduces a bridge and I'm going to show you how it offers that new perspective. Okay. So this song is Soulmate by Natasha Bedingfield. And this is how it goes. Incompatible, it don't matter though, cause someone's bound to hear my cry. So it's like solo hour for me. Speak out if you do, you're not easy to find. Oh, are we going to the chorus? No, there's another verse. Is it possible, Mr. Lovable is already in my life? Right in front of me, or maybe you're in disguise. Here's the chorus. Who doesn't long for someone to hold? Who knows how to love you without being told? Somebody tell me why I'm on my own. If there's a soul made for everyone. Oh, so good. So the verse sets us up. Incompatible. It doesn't matter. Someone's bound to hear me. Yeah, speak out. I'm trying to find you, Mr. Lovable. Are you in my life? Are you in disguise? These are all questions. And then the chorus. And this is like such a universal theme. Who doesn't long for someone to hold? Someone who knows how to love you without being told how to love you. Oh, it's so good. Somebody tell me why I'm on my own. So that's this person's struggle. I'm on my own if there's a soulmate for everyone, like she's challenging the idea, like she believes in a soulmate. The, everybody says like, everybody has a soulmate. There's somebody that you're made for. You're going to find that special someone that you're meant to be with. She's like, well, then why am I on my own? If there's a soulmate for everybody. So after this chorus, she goes into another verse. Um, and then she goes into another chorus. It's exactly the same. Um, who doesn't long for someone to hold that whole thing. Then she goes to a bridge and tells us a new piece of information. She says, most relationships seem so transitory. They're all good, but not the permanent one. She got this big belty note. And then the chorus, who does it long for? Oh, it's so juicy. So she says, most relationships seem so transitory. Like, okay, girl. So you've had relationships before. This isn't just you being like, nobody loves me. I've never been with anybody. I'm just going to go eat worms. No, you have been in relationships. They seem transitory, like they don't last very long. They're good, but they're not the permanent one. Ah, so it's not just that you want someone to hold you that feels like such a great connection and a soulmate. You want the permanent relationship. You're seeking for the lifelong relationship. So that's the new information that the bridge gives us. And then we go into a chorus, um, actually two choruses for the end of the song, okay? So the the structure of the song for this, verse, verse, chorus. That's just like I of the tiger. Verse, chorus, just like I of the tiger. Bridge, that's something new, and then we have two choruses at the end. All right, so what are you going to do? if you are singing this song, what sections? Well, you have a variety of options. Let me give you a few. You could do a verse into a chorus, and that would feel probably like a 32 bar because this is a ballad and it's a little bit slow, okay? Or you could do a bridge into the chorus. That would feel maybe a little bit shorter than a 32 bar because the bridge is only two lines long, okay? Um, another option that you could do if you were, um, you wanted something shorter than a 32 bar, but a little bit longer than a chorus, you could do half of a verse if you really wanted to and go into the chorus. You could say, um, incompatible. It don't matter though. Cause someone's bound to hear my cry. Who does I long for? So you really cut to the chase, cut to that chorus. Yeah. And that would kind of categorize as a 16 bar. You're doing the chorus, but just with a little tiny beginning storytelling. I hope this is good for you. Again, I'm just experimenting on the podcast of like what kinds of things I can talk about. I love this stuff. I could talk about it all day. Um, but I don't know if it's what you're looking for in a podcast format. So again, give me feedback, find me on Instagram or shoot me an email, studying the song at gmail.com. All right. So that is a bridge offers a new perspective. Now here's the fourth section I want to talk about the pre-chorus. Okay. Pre-chorus is pretty obvious. It goes before the chorus And now it is ubiquitous in pop music today, meaning it is pretty much everywhere, but it wasn't always. So if you are singing an older tune from fifties, sixties, seventies, if you're doing a folk tune, you might have different song forms. You might not have a pre-chorus, but if you are doing very contemporary stuff, you are probably having a pre-chorus. And this is where things start to, um, you have to be very careful about how you're cutting your pieces. Okay. Over the years songwriters started adding one or two lines of lyrics just after the verse that ramp you up into the chorus. So the lyrics develop the idea, they continue the story kind of like a verse, but they're not into the theme yet, which is the chorus. The musical content of the pre-chorus is different than the verse and different than the chorus. So it really is like this little short transition Where the energy and usually the melody starts going upward to get you to the chorus, which is in a higher part of your range. Yeah. So that melodic contour from verse to chorus is an increasing contour. All right. It's an uphill. When you're making a cut, this pre-chorus is super exciting to include. All right. So you're going to want to try to use your pre-choruses. So the example I have for you for this is Whitney Houston's, I have nothing. Oh my gosh. Like send me a message. If the bodyguard was your favorite movie, when it came out, I had the soundtrack. I listened to that thing all the time. I love this song. Oh, it's so beautiful. I'm all like raspy. I'm not even trying to sing well for you guys today. Okay. There's my, my disclaimer. I'm also going to pull up the sheet music because I, I like fake my way through these melodies sometimes as you've probably heard on the previous two pieces all right so she says share my life and take me for what i am because i'll never change all my colors for you oh what a good story set up there Take my love, I'll never ask for too much. Just all that you are and everything that you do. That's the verse. Now here comes a pre chorus. I don't really need to look very much farther. I don't want to have to go where you don't follow. I won't hold it back again. This passion inside can't run from myself. There's nowhere to hide. See how we're ending on that upward note, yeah? And then she launches into the chorus. Don't make me close one more door. And there's a key change on that chorus, so that is epic, yeah? I don't want to hurt anymore. Stay in my arms if you dare. Okay, so it's like beautiful, gorgeous chorus, high, soaring notes. That pre-chorus, though, she's like, in the verse, laying it out so measured. Share my life. Da, 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 What da, 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 I da, da, am. Yeah, it's this rolling six, eight. One, two, three, four, five, six. Yeah. And then in the pre-chorus, she makes the... um. The rhythmic density of her lyrics twice as fast. So she's actually singing 16th notes. I don't really need to look very much farther. Yeah, so it builds the energy just with the rhythm. And then she starts ascending and the, mel- the melodic energy starts building as well. What it's an amazing, amazing song. Please sing this song. Now, what the heck are you gonna do for an audition? you could start right on the pre-chorus. I don't really need to look very much farther. That kind of sets the place for us story-wise. And then you get this cool key change soaring chorus. That would be a shorter version, or you could do the verse, pre-chorus, and chorus. Yeah. So you would start on the uh, uh, share my life. Yeah. If you wanted to cut some length, you could do a half verse. Start at Take my love, I'll never ask for too much. Just all that you are and everything that you do. I don't really need to look very much farther. You see that? So it's it holds its integrity as a verse, this particular one, if you just do half of it. And you could do the first half lyrics or the second half lyrics. You could use lyrics from a different verse later in the song, but structure-wise, you would do half of it, all right? So those are your options. This does not have... A bridge, but it does go up in key later in the song. So you're going to want to address the key changes and see which one features the notes that you want and piece them together that way. Okay. A lot of Whitney Houston tunes, as I've been listening this week, um, feature key changes, which is so unique because a lot of pop music doesn't do that. So it can be very thrilling, but it's a little wrench. In the system that you have to um, pay attention to when you're cutting the music together so that it makes sense for the accompanist. L- I also want to share another pre-chorus um, that is not like that. Was that 90s, that song? Um, so this one is more contemporary. It's Firework by Katy Perry, and this functions... Um, much the same way, interestingly enough, it's a pre-chorus in starting low and then taking you melodically higher before you just launch into this high soaring chorus. So let me pull the sheet music up for this because again, I'm going to butcher the the melody on this. You guys, I'm recording a podcast. I'm not giving you a concert right now. Okay. All right. So, f- uh, firework. How does it start? Do you ever feel like a plastic bag Drifting through the wind Wanting to start again Do you ever feel Feel so paper thin Like a house of cards One blow from caving in This is still the verse Do you ever feel Already buried deep Six feet under screams But no one seems to hear a thing Do you know that there's Still a chance for you Cause there's a spark in you Okay, that is... The verse pre chorus. You just gotta ignite the light and let it shine just on the night like the fourth of July. That's all pre chorus. See how we are just going bah, 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 going up higher and higher, and then you get the release. Because, baby, you're a firework. Come on, show them what your you worth. Yeah. You guys all know that part. Now here's what's, I mean, th- those are E's, E flats because B is an E flat. It's a really great key to show off high belt, but the melody is very drawn out, right? Baby, you're a firework. You get these long firework, what you're worth. But the pre-chorus is also drawn out. You just gotta ignite the light with a lot of extended lyrics. So when you're cutting this, like in the previous song, I was like, you could just start on the pre-chorus and go to the chorus and you've got a lot of variety, but here it's not that much variety. It's two drawn out sections. And when I hear this song, I don't think of long drawn-out melodies. I think of like the pumping beat that makes me just want to get up on my feet and dance. So for this song, I think you might need to use the verse so that you get the do 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 the parts that have a little bit more driving rhythm in the melody. I hope that makes sense for you guys. Okay, so those are our four sections. Verse chorus, bridge, and then pre-chorus, I just want to talk a little bit about intro, outro. Okay. Your introduction will depend on which section of the song you're starting at. That's very important to remember because the chords will set you up differently for each melodic note that you start on. You can't use the intro of your song that is the actual intro from the record and then start singing the chorus because the intro from the record has a chord progression that sets up the melody and the first chord of the verse. That might seem basic, but I just wanna make sure we all know that. So every section has a, of the song has a certain progression of chords that supports its melody. So you need to pick whatever section you start, you need to usually pick the few bars of music right before that section. So if you're starting on the pre-chorus, you might use the last two bars of the verse and get in at the pre-chorus. If you're using the chorus, you're going to use, sometimes that's the last two bars of the verse going into the chorus, or it's the last two bars of the pre-chorus going into the chorus. Does that make sense? Just back up a little earlier than whatever section you're going to start on. An alternate idea is to use the last line of whatever section you're singing. So if you're going to start on the chorus of soulmate, for example, um, the end of the chorus is, if there's a soulmate for everyone. So you could do ba, ba, da, ba, 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 da, ba. uh, uh, who doesn't long for someone to hold, who knows how to love you. Yeah. Just use that last line as your intro. All right. So two ways you use the, the two bars before your section, or you use the last line of your section musically as a setup okay and then you can work out more details with your accompanist i'm not a fan of bell tones for pop music because that has i think a certain acting impetus that goes with it that doesn't really fit pop music but that is my opinion for the outro as i mentioned earlier many songs have a little tag built into them that wraps up the song and you could just attach that to the end of whatever you're singing. Sometimes that means they're repeating the last line a few times, just like I have the tiger. Um, if your last line doesn't sound endy enough, try repeating it once. Or try making an alternate set of notes that takes your last line higher for a bigger finish. Another idea is that you can actually get your song to come back to being really intimate by repeating the first line of the verse that you sang, if you sang a verse. So that can be kind of cool. Um, like if the beginning of your song is for soulmate and it says, incompatible, it don't matter though. What if you ended like that? Ooh, you could even follow it up. Cause someone's bound to hear my cry. End. Ooh, it's like, Ooh, I'm still in the story. I'm still working through this. I haven't found the person yet. That's a cool way to end your cut. And then the last way that you can make your ending sound more endy and wrap up your story is to just slow down the very last bit of what you're doing. Use a retardando and hold your last note out for a little bit longer. And that will provide a closing feel to what you're doing. All right. So there you have it. That is your four main sections of a pop song, verse, chorus, bridge, and pre-chorus, and then some thoughts on how to begin and end your cut. Again, I could go on with for days about this stuff. So if you're interested in hearing more episodes with song analysis, send me a message or a DM and let me know. I am at studying the song on Instagram. Um, also remember that you're going to find all kinds of variations of song forms. So it makes songs exciting, but it also can throw some little wrenches in how you're cutting it. So just label, label, label all your sections and you're going to be okay with manipulating them. Let's recap the steps. Okay. The first step to making your cut map out the song by labeling each section. That's going to help you understand the story that you're telling and the emotional journey you're taking the listener, listeners on, which section you're picking, okay? Number two, zero in on the moments that the listener expects to hear. Almost 100% of the time, that's the chorus. It's And then it could also be a verse that's later in the song with flashier vocals, or it could be an iconic key change. Number three, take your chorus and add sections in front of it, to make the length of cut that you need. All right. And to make your lyric and musical story. So that could be a verse into a chorus, a verse pre-chorus chorus, chorus, or it could be a bridge into a chorus. Yeah. And then you would end whatever little tag or endy thing you have at the end. Oh, number four, add your intro and your outro. If your song has a tag, you can use that. Okay. There I am jumping the gun. And then number five, sing through your cut and explore various elements of range, those vocal colors that I talked about in the beginning of this episode. If you walk through those five steps, you're going to have a really clear, clean cut of your audition song that takes the listener on a story and an emotional journey that they can connect to in a very short audition moment window, which is what you have. All right. That is it for today. I want to thank those of you that have DM'd me and sent me emails with questions and specific topics that you're interested in. Um, again, it's helping me tailor these shows to be what you're looking for. So keep those coming. If you found today's show helpful, share it on Instagram so that other singers can tune in and start refining their pop song cuts, tag me and I'll share your post. Um, and then most importantly, please go leave a review on Apple podcasts because when other people check out the podcast, it shows them that it is helpful information to other singers and that they might want to tune in as well to, to start going on their vocal journey. Um, again, I'll be featuring one listener on every episode as a token of appreciation, just to thank you for leaving that podcast review. If you want to connect with me, I am at studying the song on Instagram, or you can email me studying the song at gmail.com. Thank you for listening. I know your time is precious and you've got lots of things on your plate. So do I. Um, but it really means so much that you share a part of your day with me, whether that's while you're on a run or driving in the car or doing the dishes. Um, I'm just glad that we can be spending this time together. Be well, be blessed. I will see you next time on studying the song.